Do you like parties? Yeah. We can invite all our friends and have soda and pie. Yeah. I hope no bad people show up. Find that there's always at least one song on it that's not to the standard of the rest. This podcast is for you. Welcome to Trimmingly Musical Fat. I'm Paul Nicholson. And I'm Stephen Nicholson. And thank you for joining us for the latest Trimming the Classic episode, a Patreon exclusive. And the subject of today's episode is a genre-defining 80s classic, Beastie Boys' 1986 album, Licensed to Ill. We and our guests will pick a song from the album we like the least, our favourites, and discuss the album as a whole. Introduce our guests. Welcome, friends, to the podcast. Mark Poole and Brian Borfwick. Lovely Hello, to have you here, guys. Thanks Happy for having you. Thank you. So let's talk Beastie Boys, and we'll start with Stephen asking us three questions about the album. All righty, guys. Here's question one of three. Um, so what name did the band originally want to call... The, the album licensed or oh, what, what did they want to call it originally um, the Beastie Boys album incorrect Mark I'm afraid I'm sure I've heard this but I can't, I can't remember what it is well, I will say the, the record label refused to release the album uh, <laughs> under this title um, so it was offensive it was mm-hmm. Uh, let me give you the answer. Um, the original title was going to be Don't Be a Faggot. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, no, I didn't even yes. know that. I never heard that. <laughs> yes, why, but Columbia why did they change Records... It? Well, Columbia Records refused to... <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Columbia Records refused to release the album under that title, arguing that it was homophobic. And pressured hmm. Russell Simmons, Beastie Boys' manager and head of Death Jam Recordings at the time, into forcing them to choose another name. Um, <laughs> yeah, like Adrock has since apologised for the album's earlier title. <laughs> there we are. Hmm. Um, and question, yeah, uh, question two: Which heavy metal band's guitarist plays on the album? Slayer. Slayer. Kerry King, King. Slayer. Yeah. Uh, so Rick Rubin was producing Slayer at the same time as uh, Beastie Boys' License to Ill. So he got uh, Kerry King to play on it. Uh, and what a great job he does. And mm. third question, what was the first single from the album? No Speak to Brooklyn. No, it was not. Raymond and Stewart. No, it was not. Was it one that wasn't a hit? And that's why you don't really know. Correct. Was it slow and low? No. <laughs> slow and low. It was hold it now, hit it. Hold it now. Good song. 
Yeah, which I, I never knew until uh, yesterday. So there you go. Licensed to Ill is the debut studio album by American rap rock group Beast Boys. It was released on November 15, 1986 by Def Jam and Columbia Records and became the first rap LP to top the Billboard album chart. It's one of Columbia Records' fastest-selling debut albums to date and was certified Diamond by the Recording Industry Association of America in 2015 for shipping over 10 million copies in the US. The album received critical acclaim for its unique musical style, chemistry between the group members and their stylized rapping. Since its release, License to Ill has been ranked by critics as one of the greatest hip-hop and debut albums of all time. Yet the full album cover, front to back, features an American Airlines Boeing 727 with a Beastie Boys logo on its tail, which has a crashed head onto in the side of a mountain, appearing as an extinguished joint. The tail of the plane also features the Def Jam logo and the registration number 3MTA3, which spells Eat Me when viewed in a mirror. In 2003, the album was ranked number 217 on Rolling Stone magazine's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. It's the Beastie Boys exhorting you to chill, as they say, on their new Def Jam album, License to Ill. Run his mouth, man. What? 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 Who, who let these animals into the studio? Yo, why don't you just step off, George Washington, man? We're gonna do this commercial ourselves. Get man. away from that mic! Yo, we're taking over the radio spot, boy, man. Just shut that kid up, homeboy. We're the Beastie Boys, and we're showing up toys. We got the new jam, and it's making noise. It's got the new style, so chilly chill. We're the Beastie Boys, and we're licensed to L. Yo, homeboy, don't be a fat like that announcer kid. Word, man, it's time to get stupid busy with the Beastie Boys. Yo, check it. Our first album, License to Ill, is on Def Jam Records and Cassette, boy. Yeah, buddy. So when did you first hear the album? I know we've kind of maybe touched on it in another podcast, but in relation to another Beastie Boys album. When, when did you first hear the album, then? Brian? Uh, well, myself and Stephen were out and about. I think it was down in Cameron Toll Shopping Centre, was it? It was. Uh, Virgin, was it Virgin? I think we went into a Savers Centre, actually, to, oh, to, to their music section. I Saber think, Center. yeah. I'm sure it was, uh, yeah. And I bought oh, the cassette there. Licensed to Ill, and we were listening to it in your dad's car at the mm. football. Was it your car? Yeah. No, it was your, ah, your dad's car. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I bought the Cooler album, though. You got Beastie Boys. <laughs> I, I bought Genesis. Genesis of Touch. <laughs> Good album as well, though. No, <laughs> no brilliant album. album. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the first time, first time I heard it. Mm-hmm. Classic. Yeah. What about you, Mark? Can you remember when you first heard Licence Tale? I think I first heard it in the playground at school. I think someone had a tiny mm. tape recorder with a little speaker on it and just... <laughs> God, the Brian, the Beastie Boys. <laughs> mm. yeah, you know in Steam's dad's car as well, no? <laughs> <laughs> but I remember the music bit of Saver Centre. I, I got rock set there. Yeah. Rock set on vinyl. That was <laughs> not, quite, not quite as cool as a Beastie Boys. 
<laughs> you, we were experimenting, <laughs> weren't we, at that age? <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> what about you, Stephen? Remember the first time you heard it? Uh, when Brian bought it, yeah. Um, and Brian made me a copy of it. So, yeah, that was back in, uh, I think you bought it 87, Brian. Um, mm-hmm. I think that sounds about right, yeah. So, 1987. Yeah, because although it came out in 86, it was, it was really 87 when it took off because mm-hmm. it was late 86. And I'm guessing I, Paul, I you well. heard it about the same time, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I heard it at the, the same time. I remember. I think being in your dad's cut your the red citron, Brian. Dad has a red oh, citron, yeah. and just I remember, yeah. I remember we played like tennis in the meadows, and remember he, listening yeah. to that and listening to Invisible Touch Genesis, and just really loving them. And when I hear them, <laughs> it makes me think of that time as well. You know, when you hear that, that's a great thing about music. Back to that time, I know, no, no. And what did you what did you think of the album, Brian, when you first heard it? I loved oh, what it. What do you think of it now? Sorry, what do you think of it? Oh, what do I think of it now? In, well, in general, yeah, what do you think of yeah, it? Yeah, I loved it then when I first got it, and uh, I still do. It's a great album. Um, mm-hmm. It's funny, though, actually, the like the singles, No Fight, uh, No Sleep Till Brooklyn and Fight for Your Right to Party and that, they were, loved them at the time, but now I prefer a lot more of the album, other stuff on the album mm. to them. Still good songs, but a lot more of the album is a lot better, I think. Yeah. Do you think the singles maybe play up to that image they were wanting to portray? Whereas the uh, album maybe is a bit more what they're like. Yeah. Uh, and you can see sort of different styles they were trying. And and also, it's like, it happens with a lot of albums as well. Years later, when you listen to them, the singles, because you've heard them so many times, mm. you don't listen to them as much. You're over, over so familiar, you, yeah. Uh, you, you go back to mm. the songs like album tracks and stuff and listen to them more. Yeah, but probably an album though. Mm. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on the album now, Mark? Yeah, I think it's a classic. I think it's still it's still a classic. It's uh you know, it was it was like a important part of the hip hop uh, bigger picture and I know that's something that isn't always given as you know that they didn't really fit into the proper the full hip hop community, but they did a lot of good stuff, and I think stands the test of time. And it's I, I know what you're saying, Brian, but like um, a lot of the other songs, other than "Fight for Your Right" and "No Sleep Till Brooklyn," having more to them, and I think there is a good element of variety on there, and a lot of the other songs to sort of remind you how good they are. But I still think, I mean, like maybe it's because you used to hear Fight For Your Right and No Sleep For Brooklyn a lot and maybe haven't heard them so much over the last five, 10 years or whatever. And then you return them and then you go, those classics really were, they really were top draw, top draw both of those songs. Um, and yeah, Fight For Your Right is like, it's the classic example of the tongue in cheekness of their naughtiness. You know, it's just like mm-hmm. it's, it's clearly played for laughs, especially that single, which is probably why it got so much record time compared to some of the other songs that are a bit, bit less uh, 
bit more dubious maybe some of the lyrics, but uh, yeah, I think I think mm-hmm. there's there's quite a few songs there that are really top level classics. Mm-hmm. What about you, Steve? What are your thoughts on license down? Uh, well, I think if uh, we go back to to the, as I mean, originally it's supposed to before. So this was the first what hip hop slash rap album I'd ever listened to from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was very fresh, very new. Took a wee bit of getting used to as well, actually, uh, compared to the stuff other stuff I, I was listening to or had heard up to that point. Um, but yeah, no, it's an absolute classic. Um, as we've said already, there's certain lyrics that haven't aged well, but the I think the rapping, the innovation, the imagination and, and production on the record is top-notch. Absolute classic. Yeah, it's, you're right about the production as well. I think um, the beats and the, the production and the uh, tracks are all top quality. Like, I think it's a really well-put-together album. I think and a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the music is is solid. It's really it's really on point. I know yeah, I say she's crafty is on on the Spotify version of the album, but it wasn't on the original. She's crafty. That was that was always just a single because we never had it was never on license still to start with. So I don't know if that's been added on. Yeah, was it? It was never on. It was on it. Maybe you just got a maybe some dodgy copies, but dodgy copy. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, maybe she's on it? You're thinking of no? Yeah, but she's on it. Wasn't original. Oh, she's it. on it. Aye, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wrong that, song. that was actually done. That was actually he's on released it. prior to the album. Yeah, it wasn't a single on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was on yeah, the yeah, yeah. I'm getting my songs mixed up. Funny the nights on the podcast. Eh? She's <laughs> got so many songs, that's the problem. I'm all over the place here. I have yeah. 99 songs, and she's on an 8 one. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those albums, I think, one of the first crossover albums with rap and rock. Yep. Because the guitar net's really good, I think that's what probably brought a lot of us into liking it. And. Round about the same. Sorry, Paul. Was it round about the same time that uh, Anthrax and Public Enemy did? That was uh, just. That was after it. Uh, slightly later, I. But yeah, that was early nineties. Same, same idea. Even like Although, Faith No More, Epic. Uh, I you, know, you could more. argue that, that that's a bit influenced by this. Yeah, yeah. And for you guys, what's your favourite track on the album? We'll start with Mark. What's your favourite track on the album? Oh man, so. I knew this was going to be difficult. I thought it was going to be more difficult to choose my least favourite, but choosing my favourite is the hardest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I had decided, and I think I might change my mind. Um, so uh, the few that are close, Fight for Your Right, No Sleep Till Brooklyn, um, She's Crafty. And so it comes down to two. Um, it's either Paul Revere or I hope it now hit it. And I'm going to go with my heart and say Paul Revere. I'm going to stick with what I thought before. Here's a little story I got to tell about three bad brothers you know so well. It started way back in history with that rap and me. Spin had a little horsey named Paul Revere. Just me and my horsey in a quart of beer. Riding across the land, kicking up sand. Sheriff's boxes on my tail, cause I'm in demand. 
okay. I, I just it just makes me smile from ear to ear, Paul Revere, because mm-hmm. it's just the, the absurdity of the lyrics and just the the pared down style I absolutely love. So yeah, Paul Revere. And what's your least favourite of the album? Um, Potty in effect. It's just not up to the level of the rest of them, I don't think, for me. I mean, it's not a bad song, but it's it's the closest that the album comes to filler, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brian, what, what would you say is your favourite track on the album? Well, it's the same, uh, same as Marcy's. This was difficult. <laughs> this is uh, probably the hardest album I've had to like choose a favourite song. I was listening to them and I changing my mind and I was like how am I going to pick a song like this but my final decision came down to same as Mark Paul Revere that's my mm. favourite song on the album it's uh, just a brilliant song I love the start now here's a little story I got to tell <laughs> <laughs> and it's the whole song so it's a bit it's like a story and it's, ah, it's yeah. just brilliant I love the beat in the back as well the bass in it that's it <laughs> It's uh, it's just a just a brilliant Beastie Boys song for the time. Mm. So yeah, Paul Revere's my favourite. And your least favourite? Uh, least favourite would be Girls. Uh, I don't think that's aged well, that song. It's quite simple. and it's When I first heard the album, it was probably my least favourite. And yeah, still still my least favourite. I don't think the Glockig spiel was good. The yeah. instrumentation in the background. Ding, ding. <laughs> I'm a big, big fan of the Glockig spiel. What do you think of the Glockig spiel, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's different. <laughs> I'll give them that. <laughs> yeah, it's... I suppose it was totally different for the rest of the album. I suppose that song, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's my least favourite. Still listen okay. to it though. Still like it's, but because it's such a high quality album, yeah, that would be my least favourite. Yeah, it's not that you necessarily dislike a song. It's just no, that no, you have to, no. if you have to choose one. Yeah, yeah, that's the least that's... least favourite. Yeah, yeah. And Stephen, what about you? Your your most favourite. Uh, I'm going to buck to the trends here. I'm, I'm going with the, the first song I ever heard from the Beast Boys, and that's Fight for Your Right to Party. You gotta fight for your right to party. I think it's a classic song, more of a rock song, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, classic, just got really fond memories of it from back in the day. And the video, uh, love the, the lyrics. It's, it actually, when you look at the lyrics, it's just telling a, yeah, a basic story. But it does Your mum throws away your best porno mag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it is just a, you know, when you, you, you're kind of a teenager yourself, those are great lyrics. 
and the guitar on it is just absolutely superb. So that's my favourite. Mm. Still love it. And what about your least favourite? Probably Slow Ride. Um, and not that that I dislike it. I actually like the sampled horns in it. Are really good. And there's some good stuff on it, but it's just the one I like the least on the album. could very easily have been girls <laughs> to agree with Brian there. Uh, not because of the, the lyrics, not that the, the lyrics are uh, <laughs> uh, great, but just uh, is kind of a short, fun song. So but so that's why I went with Slow Ride. What about you? Uh, my favourite would be No Sleep Till Brooklyn. I just think it's, yep. I know it's one of the more famous ones, but it's just, I like how it's quite slow, but quite heavy as well. No, it's just really catchy, and do you know what it makes me think? Like uh, fight for it to party, they're almost like cartoon characters. Almost, you know, when you think of the videos, and they're almost yeah, a bit like a John Hughes film or something as well, like parties and stuff. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'd go for that, and my least favorite would be Posse in Effect. Uh, and like, like what you guys are saying it's not that I dislike the song it's just when you've got really good songs you have to choose one that's that you if you had to leave it off and that's what this show's about I suppose and that's that's the one that I would take off just for it why was uh, She's On It not on the album it was um, recorded before the album it was released mm. as a single uh, although it wasn't a hit and it was on a I can't remember the name of the film but it was on the film soundtrack right so that's why it wasn't on it but I think in the UK we didn't know that I don't know if we had the soundtrack album I don't know if it was released as a single here so we didn't know that it was it felt like it was something that was recorded at the same time as License Still or maybe mm, after it was that, actually before it, like yeah. it's something that would have been on it as you're thinking, why is this brilliant song not on the album? I think she's on it. It's a brilliant song. One of my uh, mm-hmm. songs. Yeah. It sounds like it would have belonged on the album, actually. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Very similar to something like Fight for Your Right or Nostalgia mm-hmm. Brooklyn. Uh, well, that's enough. Ryman and Stealing for one day. Thanks to Brian and Mark for joining us
Until next time, keep rimming. <laughs> 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 Well, that's enough rimming and stealing. I sound like rimming. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really did. Rimming and stealing. <laughs> that's an entirely different podcast. <laughs> that's enough rimming and stealing for one. <laughs> I'll do the stealing. Okay. <laughs> I have to go and brush my teeth. Uh, I'll do the stealing as well. That leaves you, Mark. <laughs> well, that's yeah. enough rhyming and stealing for one he's, day. He's not complaining, is he? Come and say, trying to think of another song title to use, but I just couldn't think of anything. I'm going to fight for my right not to be rhyming. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no sleep till rhyming. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>